0: Here on CBS Sports, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash covered3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out, smash that subscribe, smash that like, come and join us in the chat because goodness gracious, we don't do a lot of live reaction shows for nights that only include but a couple games, but dadgummit, we're gonna do it here when USC had that playoff spot right there in its hands and then oh 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 my hands hurt oh oh no oh i'm gonna drop it oh i'm gonna fumble it utah did the daggum thing 47 to 24 the utah utes are the pac 12 champions congratulations to kyle whittingham congratulations to this team that not only decided to drag them with a two-point conversion to win the game at home, but went into Las Vegas neutral site territory and just absolutely stuffed out the Trojans in the second half. Now, there's a lot to get to, including Caleb Williams' health. Uh, How healthy was he during this second half? Uh, What does that mean for the Heisman Trophy? But most importantly, I think we got to give some flowers to a Utah team that, on this podcast... And elsewhere was not given as much respect as the Las Vegas point spread indicated. What did Utah do well? Let's start with the flower. We, we will get to the playoff implications. Hey, Ohio State fans, we see you. Thanks for tuning in. I can tell that Ohio State got good news based on the way that all these viewer numbers are chink. I acknowledge this is like good news for a business. So let's start with Utah. What did Utah do well in this game?
3: I, I thought they schemed up pressures really well. Yes. They, 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 they use a lot of suns and, and, and slants to confuse USC's offensive line. USC does not have great offensive line depth. Andrew Voorhees didn't play tonight. They're, what? They're, they're, yeah. I mean, that was something we discussed, I believe, in the Wednesday or the Thursday pod. It looked like he was going to go, and, and then he ended up not going. Um, and I think they took advantage of some of USC's offensive line issues. And they also, like, they weren't afraid to blitz. They, they trusted their coverage guys. I mean, Utah's run defense this year has been worse than its pasty, and they largely trusted their guys to hold up in the back end, which, honestly, when Caleb Williams was healthy, it didn't hold up in the back end. I mean, he, he had five explosive plays in the first quarter alone before he you know pulled his hamstring or, or hurt his hip, whichever you want to go with there on that 59-yard run. But almost all of Utah's explosive plays they allowed were in response to having to scramble out of or do some kind of heroics within the pocket against Blitz. Utah brought a lot of pressure. They got home with some. uh, But once Caleb got hurt, they, they, they could bring a lot more pressure, and he was a sitting duck. He was not able to get away from it. They had probably four or five sacks after that. But I thought they schemed up pressure really well in this game and made usc play left-handed at times yeah I, I did
2: hq earlier tonight like a pre-game for this and i was asked what utah would have to do to win this game and i came up with three very basic kind of cliche talking points you hear a billion times but run said, the don't, ball no no i said well, don't turn the ball over so don't turn the ball over because if you don't turn the ball over you're probably going to score against this defense i said um tackle because don't don't let the big plays and then I said keep Caleb Williams in the pocket because Caleb Williams can kill you in the pocket but if you let him escape the pocket and run around he will kill you it's not a matter of can it's a will well I mean the hamstring kind of had that impact of keeping him in the pocket but like Bud said once that happened and like Utah smelled blood in the water they did not T- they did not hesitate at all. They went right at it and said, oh, okay, you're going to keep him in there. we will just keep doing this. And he can't move. We're going to hit him and we're going to take advantage of it. And then the thing that they did the best job of was run through a bunch of weak ass arm tackle attempts yeah. by the USC defenders who just looked like a bunch of guys who were terrified of being hit and scared out of their minds to try to tackle somebody tonight.
3: How did much it is- feel? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, didn't it feel like Utah had more than 223 yards rushing? Yeah, it feels like they had six hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I wasn't watching the box score live. I, I was watching the game and, and taking my notes. And uh, it, to me, I, I expected that to be like 270, 280, or or you know, low three hundreds. Not not two hundred and thirty. But they did have some really impressive runs. I, we talked all year about how USC's defense is not a good defense, but it is a defense that has generated a lot of turnovers. We know that turnovers have a certain luck component. USC also sells out to maximize the controllable part of generating turnovers, and I feel like they've done a nice job of that all year. But it was very emblematic. The one turnover that they got from Utah was on a blown coverage on third Mm -hmm. down where Utah gets the ball, they run for the first down, and then it gets poked out, right? It wasn't a pressure-created turnover or anything like that. I mean, the guy literally caught the ball on a busted coverage, runs for first, and then gets it swatted out. Uh, their non-turnover-related stops in this game were were kind of few and far between. Uh, Utah kicks an ill-advised field goal down right close to the goal line early on, which honestly, in a game with a total in the 60s, is really foolish. Now, if you hurt their quarterback, it doesn't seem to matter uh, what you do. But that USC got very few stops that were not turnover-related in this ballgame. Right. And there's the one on the
2: third and 19 touchdown from parks that went for 57 yards. Oh, the, the outright stupidity, because why do you try to force a turnover? Why are you trying to strip the ball to get the ball back? It's third and 19. You know how you can get the ball back on third and 19 tackle without him. stripping the ball, tackle him. So <laughs> why the hell are you trying to strip the ball out of his hands? 10
0: yards shy of the fourth or the, the first down marker. Just tackle him. You'll get the ball back. It's just dumb. I was going to say, how much of this like tackling issue do we attribute to the fact that, like, on the stat sheet, Cam Rising had a very, very good game, right? Was it yes? Mm-hmm. Over three hundred yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Let's see, uh, twenty-two of thirty-four. A lot of that was yards after the catch,
3: yes. right? Yeah, yeah. But but he was legitimately better tonight. Like I I, I wrote down in, in my notes here greater than Oregon game. Because like we
0: downgraded him. Yes, basically he was bad against Oregon. After the yeah. Season.
3: Yeah. He was legitimately a yeah. bad player against Oregon. He was one of the worst players on the field for Utah that night. He didn't run well. It, it was clear that the, the injury was still bothering him a little bit. He still doesn't look quite as quick as he once did. But at least tonight, the throws were mostly on target. Whereas against Oregon, that camera rising w- was not on target. He, he was not good at all. Tonight, he was plenty good enough to beat a, a, a very sketchy USC defense.
2: Yeah, I, I thought, like you said, there was the kind of explosiveness, which I wouldn't say camera hasn't ever been an explosive runner, but just like the overall juice that he does have was not there, at least not the guy that they saw earlier in the year. But he was effective enough in spots, keeping the ball on some RPO kind of situations that USC's defense had to at least respect the option that he would keep which Mm -hmm. I think made a big difference on a lot of those plays because the way he looked like in Oregon and in other games, I feel like the defenses were kind of just selling out because they weren't really worried about rising, keeping the ball and doing any damage. He did enough tonight to where it was just – it kept him honest.
0: Okay. So let's go to the other side of this, right? USC. What went wrong with that offense?
3: Caleb Williams got hurt. Yeah. I mean, like literally – (laughs) I. At, so at, at 852, this is before he gets hurt. I texted my buddies because they knew I, I I had USC in this game. I said, I think some of what USC is doing is unsustainable, and yet they're up 14 to 3. You know, and then he goes on the 59 yard run, right? They the broadcast I tweet about this, I think at like 8 30 or some, somewhere around there. It takes them 90 minutes to acknowledge on the broadcast that Caleb Williams has a leg injury, by the way, when clearly now they're, they're only showing his upper after that. And he's looking over to the sideline and I see his head doing like this. Right. But I'm not seeing what the leg action is doing. And I'm trying to lie bet this thing. And I'm like, is Caleb Williams hurt? Like, what what are we doing? Cause he's like, it looks like he's limping, Right. And I don't know what's going on. And they're like, Oh, his hands bleed. I'm like, Mm, not that's,
0: not, that's not why his head's bobbing. I, I, I don't. Well, I don't care about well, his well, hold leaving. on. Hold
3: on. I, hold on. He could
2: have been losing enough blood from his hand that there wasn't enough circulation in the leg. That could oh, have been
3: the problem. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, there's no doubt. Or maybe, maybe he's trying to like like dodge the the blood drops from hit his leg. You know, and it doesn't doesn't want that to happen. But I'm like, hey, Fox broadcast, can you like maybe have someone in the building take a look and see if Caleb Williams is is limping around because li- literally every decent play usc has had tonight has been off script it's been caleb williams having to slide around in the pocket a ton or just outright scramble and then literally scramble out of the pocket and go or scramble out of the pocket and launch and i'm like how do we not talk about this for 90 minutes that's crazy i mean it was uh, to me it was obvious like he he had one keeper after that and he had no juice on it you know utah is probably at least has one pair of binoculars, which I think might be more than the Fox broadcast had tonight. I I assume they were on scene. Like, I don't know what the spotter's doing, not taking a look at that. But once Utah saw that Caleb Williams could not run, or at least could not run to to anywhere close to the normal standard that he runs, it it was on, man. Because Mm -hmm. honestly, this is the why I texted my group chat like this is unsustainable. Because the stuff they were doing, was sort of off script stuff. It wasn't really like the plays that USC was calling was working. I thought Utah had a good plan. It just was getting beat by Caleb off script because he's that good of an athlete and that special of a player. But once he was hurt, they were in trouble. Mm.
2: So we know Ohio State's getting their spot, right?
3: Wait, oh,
0: let's we'll save that for the other side. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, we, no, listen, USC deserves a, like, open it up. Like, like this is the, the frog in biology. Like we, 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 we got to say no, 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 no. Because you couldn't run the ball. No. You couldn't do anything outside of Caleb Williams hero ball. No, you were, you had your season on the line for this entire second half. All you needed was like one scoring drive. You couldn't go get it. And yes, like Caleb was hurt, but you
3: couldn't get it. It was they, they did go get it though, didn't they? They got it a couple of times. They I mean, yeah, couldn't. they 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 went and got it. And like they 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 ran for, for what 6.3 a carry, 125 yards. They they, they, they not they had 70 no, no, yards and USC. sacks.
0: No,
2: I'm talking oh, about yeah, USC. Yeah, yeah. yeah sack no, adjusted. No, no, that, sack adjusted, bud's right. Sack adjusted, they averaged six point three yards per rush.
3: Yeah, they just had seventy yards and sacks lost. I mean, so, like, I don't really put this on the offense. Caleb had 363 through the air and three tuddies. It, it I, if he's healthy, they probably score 40 on this Utah defense. Like, Utah really wasn't getting to him. But I, I will say though, like we talked, like running without... the ball
0: not without with without Caleb.
2: Mm-hmm. No, they weren't able right. to run the ball without. Caleb. No, that's fair.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you had no balance. It was it was Caleb or bust. You had zero yeah. touchdowns for a long stretch of this game.
2: Yes, you had one
3: touchdown in the second half. I thought they were going to pull him. Should they have pulled him? No, because look like, I, I watched the end of that Colorado game with the uh the the backup who his name I, I probably should have written down and Balls. Yes, all he could do was throw was throw swing screens. Like that's really the only play they let him run in that Colorado game. That's like the only action I've seen him get this year probably because USC plays a lot of close games uh, late because they don't get a lot of stops. I, Caleb on one leg is still better than Miller-Moss on two. Miller-Moss is I like think. the name of a derivative schoolyard rapper. But I
2: I just – it's – we mentioned Voorhees was out and they lose the center in the fourth quarter. But, like, we talked all season about how Utah this year – wasn't, well, when we talked about Utah, not all season, but we we talked about how they weren't the same kind of team in the trenches that we saw last year. They looked that way tonight against USC. Like, Tui, Tui, up I think I heard his name once. I thought he got taken out of the game. I thought the offensive line, which as I just said, they had injuries. They were short a few guys. I felt they were struggling to get any kind of push up front. And I think that, I mean, we saw it. with not just in the tackling, but just in the lines. Like, Utah was looked like Utah tonight. It was the tougher team than USC. USC looked soft. Like, that has always been the silly kind of narrative about that team. Like, oh, the Pac-12 is soft, blah, blah, blah. Utah's not soft. They're in the Pac-12. They've won it two straight years in a row. USC looked soft tonight. And I just wonder, like, spinning this forward, that team's going to be in the Big Ten in a couple years. There's a lot of Utahs in the Big Ten. Like they need to figure that out if they're going to adjust to their new life in their new, you know, conference. I mean, obviously, if they still have Caleb Williams and he's healthy, they're probably going to win plenty of games. But when it gets to winning the Big Ten and getting playoff berths, that's something they need to figure out.
3: I mean, and the thing is, guys, Utah is not that physical on the lines of scrimmage this year. They've been pushed around, right? Oregon pushed them around, Florida pushed them around. Uh, probably a couple other games I'm, I'm, honestly Oregon State's offensive line moved Utah just fine that, that that was back when they had real quarterback problems and they threw four picks in the first 40 minutes of the ball game so it was never really close enough to where the Beavers pushing around Utah mattered I mean this is not your standard Utah team typically which I think does speak to wow like if that's not your standard Utah team along line scrimmage and USC look that soft yeah I, I, I agree I the one I, th- I thought thought he did have one really nice play. Uh, there was like a third down and three, Utah runs it and he blew and, it up. Yes, yeah, he he smoked it, but I mm-hmm. it was a nice play by him. I, I think the center guard also kind of laid it.
0: You had a Utah team that was challenged, yeah. like you know, we, we were talking about all these different spots during the season where they did not look like they were up to the standard we put on record. And we were not the only ones saying that this Utah team did not necessarily look like they were up to the standard. Kyle Whittingham told us on the record that they loved that. You know, they loved being able to have that chip on their shoulder and, uh, and they end up going ahead and proving. Uh, congratulations to the Utah Utes. You are the Pac-12 champions. You will be in the Rose Bowl As for USC,
2: oh boy. I was going to make a joke about how Utah won't be playing in the Rose Bowl, but for a different reason than we thought two days ago. Won't be? Well, because Ohio State doesn't want to play in the Rose Bowl this year, and now they don't have to.
0: Because they're in the college football playoff. Yeah. Coming up on the other side, (laughs) the college football playoff impacts of Utah taking down USC, what that means for the Buckeyes, and more
1: next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: This is revisionist history 101 with the cover three podcast. (laughs) As MH says, USC should have hired Whittingham and not Riley. Kyle Whittingham was mentioned, I have zero idea if he was actually a candidate for this job. Why? Because the USC job was open in September. <laughs> we mentioned everyone for the <laughs> USC job. Kyle Whittingham, of course he was mentioned because we had three months to mention a name before Lincoln Riley was eventually named the head coach.
3: But. great. I mean- Kyle Whittingham would not have this USC team in the Pac-12 title game this year. No.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. transfer portal. Like yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. Yeah,
0: that's that's a great way to squash that. Thank you, bud. I mean, you're you're bringing your weight here. That's that's (laughs) that's that's a good way to be able to uh, affirmatively be like no. no, that, that would not be the case right now.
3: So like he's an awesome coach. Like we we, we could have the conversation. Would he have him in a better spot than Lincoln like Riley? Three like years. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for this year, I mean, this is probably the last time we'll talk USC for maybe a week or two. It is hard to imagine much of a better season for USC than than their fans could have really hoped for, right? I mean, what mm-hmm. are they, 11 and 2? Yep. That's that's pretty damn good.
0: Mm-hmm. Like compared to like they over their win total, they were sitting here on the first Saturday in Dece- or first Friday in December with a chance to be in the college football playoff. That's that's all you want. Utah will not be in the college football playoff. Nope. Ohio State
2: is
3: yes, they're in. Yeah, they're in.
2: I mean. Unless the committee does something we have never seen them do and allows USC to stay in, even though it just lost, which I don't think they're going to do because they've always said that, you know, conference titles or whatever are a tiebreaker in similar situations. But USC no longer has a, t- a conference title. Ohio State have doesn't have losses. a conference title, and they have half as many losses. And they've got a pretty good win over Penn State as far as the rankings are concerned. So Ohio State is in. And now there is (laughs) – it's not going to happen, but there is an actual scenario in which we have a 14-college football playoff without a single conference champion in it. If Georgia, Michigan, and TCU all lose tomorrow, it'll be either Ohio State, TCU – Alabama, Michigan, and Georgia comprising the field, and none of them will have won their conference. Man, what a system!
3: (laughs) We have awesome. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, no, I I mean, I, I would like for the conference championships to mean something, and uh, you know that this weekend they really don't. There's a reason why we're doing a reaction show on a Friday night. I mean, I mean, join us tomorrow at 2.30 as we preview the SEC title game between Georgia and, and LSU. Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll be on there, and I'm excited to do it. But, um, no, I, I think you need to have some stakes in these games. If you just made the conference championship
2: a requirement – the conference championship games would just become playoff games and you would have an expanded college football playoff, but can't do that. That'd been way too easy.
3: Exactly.
0: So what chance do you give Ohio state to get in here and like wreck shop?
3: Well, Um. if
2: it depends on the matchup, like if, Actually, no, it doesn't because like if they're going to end up having to play, assuming Michigan and Georgia win, Ohio State's either playing Michigan again, which is beating it up two years in a row, or it's going to play Georgia, which beat up the same Michigan that beat it up last year and will probably beat the hell out of it
3: this year. They will be favored over Michigan if they they match up. Oh, I'm sure they will. And they'll lose again. They could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. Or or it could go the way that George Alabama went round two last year, right?
2: It's Michigan. Well, that's true. Blake Coram will be injured. Oh, wait. He was hurt in the first game.
3: <laughs> Blake Blake, Blake Coram as uh, as Williams. That's that's interesting, huh? Um look, they'll be they will not be a touchdown dog to George. I can tell you that. It'll it'll be less.
2: Mm-hmm. I just, I Ohio State will be a live team in the college football playoff. It's got a very good quarterback. It's got great yeah, wide receivers. It has very talented players. It is a live quote unquote dog in the playoff. I'm, it's it could beat Michigan. It could beat Georgia. It could beat TCU. Will it? I don't know because they just seem to punch them in the face. They don't seem to react very well.
0: Well, I'm just saying, eight years ago, they did not win. You know. They, they, oh, in
2: 2014,
0: they won their conference.
2: Mm-hmm. But that but they team, had a loss. That team wasn't as talented. It was still pretty talented. But uh, I thought that that team had a little bit of a more of a,
3: a little more a little more guts that, to them than this team has. I've looked into that team before. The receiving the, the receivers on that team were nuts. It was like michael thomas and mm-hmm. uh a bunch of guys who would go on to play for for a decent while in the n f l right uh but they also like that ohio state team they got pr- one of the worst bama team who who was the quarterback for bama it was like the worst quarterback Bama's run out there that has you know made the playoff or or the b c s was that um, the, um... the guy who was like moving from receiver to to quarter or to, to quarterback and back hims yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, I mean, like like Sam's not a capable thrower at a championship level, honestly, and so they they took advantage of that. Bama had a couple of issues that year. They they beat them. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook fumbles four times in the Rose Bowl as he's averaging like twelve yards carry against Oregon, and then they bully Oregon at the line of scrimmage, you know, and, and, and beat Mariota. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, they had their third string quarterback in, so right. it's like
2: it's yeah. Braxton That's Miller what I mean is JT. Yeah, it's like they weren't as talented at the quarterback position as they are right now, but they had good players and they were I felt like the defense was a little saltier too.
3: I think so. Look, so if Ohio State well we need to stop using if when Ohio State gets yes. in, I am curious to see if Ohio State is able to lean on its front seven more and have a little more variety in terms of the coverage, it, not coverage it plays, but just the depth of their safeties, right? Maybe don't have everybody quite so close. I know it's a Jim Knowles. Do you dare him again? Do you dare him? I am going to dare him on some place for sure. I just yeah. don't know if I'm going to dare them quite as frequently. You know, I, I think back to that Penn State game where, where you know JT Tumalow uh, had a really nice ball game. They, they have some good players on that Ohio State front. I, but Tom, it's a great question though. Like, would you dare him? Because Michigan again, 360 yards on five plays, 3.0 on their other 54 plays. Like I think on I did fifty four out of sixty plays. They had a pretty nice nice day. Mm-hmm. When yeah, you no, were I, filling I out we your
0: uh, All American ballot, but do you
3: do this? I do not vote. Okay.
0: I didn't have a lot of Ohio State defensive players.
3: Neither did I. Did you have a lot of Michigan defense, defensive players? Nope. I had two, and we go deep. Like the, the ballot is
0: like yeah. down to like LB6 and like DL8 or whatever. I think I had
2: one or two. Would you have Mike Morris?
0: Yeah. Okay. Mike
2: Morris didn't make mine. I don't know if I, I had any Michigan players. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. This is a great podcasting right now. I don't think I did. I feel like that's more of a, I know I had, I had a few offensive players. On there, I know Olu was on there. I know Corm was on there. Do you have any Georgia ones
0: for on defense? defense? Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I I didn't do that uh, pro football focus move of like only my uh, only my formula produces yeah. these numbers. My highest grade. Yeah, my high, my my highest graded for the season. No. <laughs> <laughs> highest grade for the season. Sorry, Jalen Carter, you did, you did. Congratulations.
3: Um, Yeah, that the, that'll the, be the cool. Dumas Johnson kid for Georgia, by the way, has been pretty damn good too. The sophomore, mm-hmm. that their their linebacker, like that that guy. I've been watching some of these playoff teams. He, he's all over the field.
0: So now that we have come to the place where Ohio State. Is in right, yeah. Now let's talk about it.
3: What do you let's want to talk, talk about?
0: about? Let's talk about it. But got guys, guys, we got to talk about it. If, 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 if the Kansas State Wildcats, which are narrow oh. underdogs against TCU, if Kansas State. Defeats the Horned Frogs. Are we really talking about it? Are we really talking about? Because currently in the college football playoff selection committee rankings, Ohio State is number five. Sure, you're in. I get it. You got one loss. That one loss is to Michigan. Michigan is a team that is currently ranked number two in the college football playoff rankings. The team that is currently ranked number six in the college football playoff rankings has two losses, which means that their arrival in the top four on Sunday would be historic. What would not be historic is the inclusion of that program in the college football playoff because they have been in it so many daggum times. If TCU, who is again, just a narrow favorite to a team That it was trailing early the first time they played. Are we really talking about it? If TCU loses to Kansas State, is Alabama in? Can
2: I can I pose you a question? Yeah, I mean, this is the time for posing questions. All right. Well, let's let's take a look at Alabama. Ten and two. Its best win is number twenty, Texas. Needed a last-second field goal to beat them, even though their starting quarterback got knocked out of the game in the first half. It's got a win over Mississippi State, which magically appeared in the rankings this week. And it had a narrow escape against Texas A&M, and both of its losses were close, blah, blah, blah. If the, close, if the losses are close being matters, then the wins being close matters too. So that team's 10-2. A team lost tonight for the second time this season, but it only lost to the same team a team that is ranked in the number 11 will be ranked higher come Sunday. And that team has one more win than Alabama. And that team has a win over number 17 and a win over number 21. If you're going to let a two loss team in is the one that lost tonight, not the one with the better overall resume.
3: It's a fair point. Um, Kind of makes you wonder, like, does the committee really believe its own rankings as, as far as its resume? Are, are they really going to look at it like that, or are they going to sort of eye test it? I I don't think there's any way USC gets in over Alabama, personally. Neither do I, but my point is, logically, how do you justify
2: putting in Alabama over USC?
3: I mean, you want these teams to play conference championship games, right? And mm-hmm. you are sort of penalizing USC here for mm-hmm. playing in, in a conference championship game. I I agree. I I mean, Dan Wetzel made this point for Yahoo in a column, a, a similar point to what Tom's making. And I think this year in particular is a unique year in which it really does apply. Like, honestly, just logically, the four teams that made it in this weekend should be in. They they should be I also be loved
0: Dan, but he also included that detail that he said USC won its division and there's no division plays.
3: <laughs> oh, true. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I Listen, listen, I make a so many mistakes. I make a ton of mistakes. But I just, you know, You're I, I saw that one and I was like, "Oh yikes!" I love you, Dan. Come on.
2: But I, I'm just saying, right. if Alabama gets in, I know I've said it before, I'm I'm out on the playoff period. I'll talk about it because I have to for work, but I'm never going to care about anything that they do.
3: I Bama can get in, I think, if TCU gets blown out, or if Duggan gets hurt enough to where the committee really thinks he's going to miss the playoff or both
0: having two teams who did not play for a conference championship, one that lost twice, one that didn't even win its own. Mm -hmm. And the first ever two loss team. Mm -hmm.
2: The first two loss team to make it will be a team that didn't win its own division. If that happens.
3: Yeah. I I always envisioned a two loss team, making it being a team that had a guy hurt during the season, suffered some weird losses, Got healthy, got right at the right time, won its conference. Was clearly like, "Hey, like this is the best team, or one of the four best teams in the sport." Now that it's healthy again, right? M- maybe like like a USC in 2007 w- when John David Booty was hurt, they lost twice, right? And then 2000 U- USC at full strength is just as good as USC or LSU was that year, just as good as Ohio State was, et, et cetera, et cetera. But it would be weird to put this Bama team in. Like Bama fans in the chat. Do you really believe this Bama team is anywhere near as good as, as your normal Bama teams are? I, they haven't really played like it, right? I mean, I, it would be strange. But I, I wouldn't put it past the committee if TCU gets blown out or if Duggan gets hurt. Because if Duggan gets hurt, they're going to use the whole hooker argument, right? Mm-hmm. That, hey, we got to drop him now because it's an important player. Oh, another,
2: another two-loss team with a better resume than Alabama.
3: Tennessee. Oh, it actually beat Alabama, but we cannot consider them for a playoff (laughs) Just pure scalps, right? Just pure wins and losses. Yes, Tennessee is a better resume. Tennessee also lost by like a 30-burger to South Carolina. To a South Carolina team that also beat top 10 Clemson. By one? They're just peaking at the right time. Yeah, that's that's fair. They also lost at home to Missouri. You know, I— if you're the, the right com- if you're the committee, you're, if, if the committee wants to put Alabama in, they're going to lean hard on quality of play as opposed mm-hmm. to you know and narrow losses, right? They competed uh, on the road, buzzword, 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 roll tide, buzzword, buzzword. Game control. Yeah. Except for all the games they weren't.
2: Yeah,
0: except for all the of, the of the games game. that they weren't controlling <laughs> mm-hmm. every this. single time. Yeah. Uh-huh. They yeah. set foot outside mm-hmm. of Bryant-Denny Stadium and they weren't controlling the game. And
3: Alabama. even one time when they were inside against the the worst
2: team in the SEC. Alabama's one of the ten best teams in the country. It's probably one of the six best teams in the country. It's not one of the four best teams in the country, and it sure as hell ain't one of the best Alabama teams we've ever seen. It's probably the worst Alabama team we've seen in a decade.
0: Yuck. What a fun position we're in.
2: I, I'm telling you, if they get in, I'm out. I won't do the reaction shows. I will talk about them on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, but I will not show up for a single reaction show.
0: Wait. There's no reaction shows?
2: Not, I mean CFP reaction show. Not weekly reaction shows. When we sit on Tuesday nights to talk about those rankings, I will not show up.
0: We only have one more year. No, we don't.
2: Chip, they're going to have ranking shows for every single week during the 12-teamer. We got to figure out who the at-large person <laughs> are going to be.
0: Oh, you're going to flake out of that one so i was gonna yes. say
2: okay well i'm not flaking out i am emphatically saying i will not do it there's no flaking i'm not gonna come up with a lame excuse tell you right now won't be there
0: paul gave Tom, enough money to the St. Join in Paulo, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> paul gave enough money to saint Jude's to get a spot on a lock show he just said he'll do it So you know, maybe
2: take my spot on Tuesday nights.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that's what we'll do. Is next time our uh, St. Jude's telethon comes around, we'll just do a a, like, who wants to come and talk about the rankings every single Tuesday night (laughs) in a twelve-team playoff era?
2: I tell you, I don't know why they got them at number eleven. They're clearly number fourteen to me.
3: If you're Kirby Smart, are you pissed? No, you, you're. I think you're a little pissed. Like, if, if Alabama gets rather, in, No, you'd much rather play. Definitely if Alabama gets it. Listen, like, here, you'd rather play USC than Ohio State if you're Kirby Oh, Space. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, yes.
0: okay.
2: Because I wouldn't have, I'll just hand the ball off 40 times and I'll win the game by 30. Yeah. Number seven on USC will be imprinted in the ground the way he's been trying to
3: tackle people. I was going to say, Jordan, uh, this was my playoff prediction, by the way Ohio State, Michigan, George, Obama. So if this happens, I do need you to pull a clip. Mine too. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah.
0: I was going to say, Tom said that Ohio State and Michigan would both be undefeated heading into the game and they would both make the college football playoff.
2: I'm a genius. What can I say? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, Kirby. You say, listen here, we just want to keep things the the main thing, the main thing, all right. And so, who we play does not matter compared to our standard that we want to keep. So,
3: this Ohio this game State. will be like the like like the battle for Caleb Downs. The the the, the playoff winner gets Caleb Downs, the the, the five star safety committed to Bama, because <laughs> like Georgia, Georgia and, and Ohio State are both trying to flip him, so probably the best DB in the country
0: and that's decided before the semifinals
2: oh true yeah if you're if you're sunny dykes in that TCU coaching staff right now are you putting together a game plan just not to get blown out
3: like, so I you, thought about
2: this like
3: yes. tempo wise man like do you, do you run your do you run full slow. tempo
0: slow.
2: slow it down slow. slow it down I mean so maybe you know I've been watching too much World Cup this week and just seeing like Spain lay down to make sure that Germany gets knocked
3: out and stuff like that. If I'm TCU, I think tomorrow I'm just I'm gonna be pretty conservative tomorrow. All right, I I don't agree with them going conservative, but I do think there is like if I was coaching TCU, there is a scenario that I would play differently than what Lincoln Riley did tonight. And I'm telling you, Lincoln Riley did the thing tonight that would allow them to win the game if they converted. But I forgot what what drive this was. Maybe the penultimate drive or the third to last drive, but. He goes for it on like fourth and eighteen. They're down a couple scores, so you have to have it. I think I surrender punt there. And it, like if I if I'm down fourteen, you know, and I know I like just math wise, I almost certainly can't win the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going for it on fourth and eighteen on my own end, a- allowing them to beat me by twenty one to give me any excuse. Because I don't think a fourteen point loss and finishing twelve and one knocks me out. Are you going Maybe to Chris to <laughs>
2: does. Are you going to Chris Kleiman for a gentleman's agreement? Hey, if you are beating us, don't run it up. We won't run it up on you. You don't run it up on us. You get a nice little conference title in that case still, and we still get our playoff berth. Not saying they don't try to win. I'm just saying if that situation late fourth quarter, you're up, you got the ball, bleed that clock.
3: Do you think Chris Kleiman takes that? No, no, God, no! Oh no, no, no! I don't no, think Sonny Dykes he, would he, ever he, ask. I'm just no, t- no. Trying God, to
2: make no,
0: conversation. No no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think Chris Kleiman would run it
3: up. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think Chris Kleiman really wants to recruit against a TCU team with a new coach and some recruiting juice that they already have, who is now in the playoff. Like you're in a major recruiting city. You're you're in Manhattan, Kansas. It's a little harder to get kids to Manhattan, Kansas than it is to Fort Worth. So. Just saying there probably would would want to run it up if you're climbing.
0: So one last thing to bring it back to the whole reason why we fired up an instant reaction show. Are USC fans right to be upset with Alex Grinch? Yeah.
2: That team doesn't tackle. That team spends too much time trying to strip the ball tackle the second guy in try to strip the ball first guy make the tackle
3: it's not that difficult to coach i think so but they were also really bad last year on defense and most of their transfer portal success stuff was done on offense oh no they they need to upgrade on talent
2: that is yeah that's a hundred percent million percent true but the first guy in tackles doesn't try to strip the ball. First guy tackle, second guy go for ball.
0: All right, one more thing. Did Caleb Williams lose the Heisman Trophy?
3: No. Somebody else has to win it. Who? Is Thank that? you. Right. I mean, if if he if he lost it, who steps up to win it? And I think if you're a voter tonight, assuming you watched the game, haven't already sent your ballot in? Because apparently, some like you can send your ballot in already. I, Tom, you're a voter, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you can, can send, send it in on Monday. On Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So look, he throws for 363 and three scores. On one leg. Right. <laughs> I don't like he certainly would his play was not the reason that they lost the game. His lack of ability to throw for five hundred and five because he got hurt, which he was kind of on pace to do, was the reason why they what what one of the reasons why they lost the game. They also don't play any defense, which was it was a bigger reason? I just I don't know who steps up. Like C.J. Shroud does not have any more games to play. Hendon Hooker, you know, has has now missed another game because he's done for the year. Max Duggan, I don't think, has been a national name enough. That's the one guy you could maybe look at and say he could do it. I don't want to hear the Stetson Bennett stuff. It just the numbers he has are, are impressive. No, well, well, I mean, well, shock coming from you, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's interesting, because when I get my Bolitnikoff information, they give me a lot of statistics. When I get my, um, you know, information for some of these other major awards, you know, you get a lot it's of a
3: major award.
0: You know, I, I, I don't get any statistics for the Heisman. I don't I don't have to use any statistics for the Heisman. I oh, I'm to, aware, Jason I, White. I just have to write a name that I know. Actually, I've to write 3 3 names. But I've to write 3 names that I know. So, yeah, I I I I think there's a Stetson Bennett potential here.
2: If, if Stetson Bennett plays well tomorrow and Georgia wins, I guarantee you he's going to get some votes,
3: particularly in the southeastern region of the country. The the fact that we're talking about Stetson Bennett as one of the guys that we're going to try to pull out of a hat here to unseat Cal- Caleb Williams gives me that much more confidence that Caleb Williams is winning this thing, guys. Yeah,
2: yes. No, Caleb Williams yes. is still going to win the Heisman. I'm pretty sure it won't be as much of a blowout as it was a couple hours ago, but unless somebody
0: steps yeah, up 14, with a game with her, like, was that the biggest lead for USC? Was it 14 to 3? 17, 17 to 3. 17 to 3. Yeah, at, at 17 to 3, Caleb Williams was like, Marcus Mariota-level run. Like, Mariota was one of the... I think Mariota and Winston uh, Heisman Trophy winners in back-to-back years were both blowout Mm -hmm. winners. Uh, Like, some of the most lopsided first-place vote percentage winners in Heisman Trophy history. Like, we were kind of dealing with that until we weren't.
2: What's funny is... Remember last year and everybody was pushing Will Anderson as like a legitimate Heisman. And then Aiden Hutchinson was a finalist. And it's like, there's like the idea that they could win when there was no chance in hell, either of them were ever going to win with a Bryce Young there and a CJ Stroud there, the way the seasons that they had of all the years that a defensive player could have won. If Will Anderson had last season, this season, he might legitimately win the Heisman this year because of what happened tonight.
0: And if Alabama had like beaten LSU.
2: Yeah. if Will Anderson had the season last year, that he this year, he, they probably would have beaten LSU. But I bet he makes a play or two in that game that changes it. It was only a one point game.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And also, like LSU had no good points. No, it had no touchdowns at halftime of that game. <sighs> I love this sport. We're relitigating snaps, Dude. and bounces, like all the way down on December third. I would say, I mean, I got that
2: bottle of maple syrup back there. Vote for Chase Brown. Give him the Heisman. He sent me maple syrup. Who do you guys seriously think is going to be in New York then? Will it be more than three guys? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that there's going to be so many guys getting second and third place votes that it's going to be hard to. And if they only invite three, I mean, everybody, I I don't know. I don't know what they'll do, but I think the finalists Duggan's got a chance. Yeah, I think Caleb's a finalist. I think Stroud's going to be a finalist still, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then...
0: Max Duggan's a finalist.
2: I don't know. I I felt like Corum would have been a finalist, but with the knee injury, I don't know. I think Hendon Hooker could get a little influx of votes for being so strong at the beginning of the season before he got hurt because of what's happened in the last few weeks where guys are falling off. Duggan... And Stetson, I Stetson yeah, I think Stetson's going to
3: get like a bunch of third place votes. Will will the hooker be? Will the hooker voters be split with the Stetson voters? Hooker no, voters
0: but... will be split if Drake May beats Clemson. Drake
2: May might be a finalist, although I don't think that. I don't think after the way the North Carolina finished the season, that's a possibility. But if if, if Drake May out.
0: beats Clemson,
2: true. Could what if Drake May wins the Heisman?
0: That's not happening.
2: I know it's not, but, I mean, again, it's whoever has the best game that last week wins.
0: Then $5 million becomes $7 million. <laughs> uh, yeah. I said. I, I said, somebody asked me about the transfer portal on, uh, on local radio, and I said, somebody texted me a number, not that they were representing an offer, but that they <laughs> were guessing at the market value. And I honestly felt like north carolina would just be repulsed at the idea of paying somebody that much i got to say
2: i wonder if that same person has been sending me offers for players this week
0: <laughs> like i mean i felt like north carolina would be like how much no i mean for football
2: no <laughs> Can he shoot
3: from three? <laughs> yeah,
0: Can he rebound? I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're missing Brady Manic right now. What is he getting out from behind the arc?
3: <laughs> what are they paying? G- what are they paying Gene
1: Kizik?
3: <laughs> I mean, not it, enough apparently, uh, or
0: or too much depending on your analysis
3: of it. All right, seven hundred k. Would you rather pay Gene Chiswick seven hundred K for the job he's done, or pay Drake May like four or five million to keep him for year three of Drake May? Drake May, Drake yeah. May, yeah. I could find a high school defensive coordinator to to give you similar results to what you had this year if you, you want to finish. You bottom, basically, bottom have high school again.
0: defensive coordinator right now. <laughs> yeah, I just I just feel like
2: it would offend some sensibilities in Chapel Hill to think that they were going to pay.
0: That's what. That's exactly, yeah. exactly yes. what my thought yeah. was. I was yeah. like. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. We, we pay a college athlete to participate in extracurricular activities. 5 million.
2: Are those online course credits? Not enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh, Unless that
3: extracurricular activity happens to be basketball. And then.
0: <sighs> Let's yeah. It. No. Th- then Jimmy seafood's got it. We back up
3: the Brinks truck, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> By the way. North Texas ticket. Uh, no. I hedged out, but you know. It was a good run, but Frank Harris is, is, is nasty. He's legit. Swear, is yeah. Utah now
2: seventeen and one in Cusa the last two years now.
0: As they're on their so way now. out,
3: right? Yeah. Seventeen and one over the last two Wait, years. They didn't lose this year in Cusa? No. No. Right, and they lost. And the only game they lost last year, North Western Texas. North Texas? It was the game they laid down for. They they right. kept they kept their starters out. Wagon, yeah.
0: Hmm. Sounds like a good omen for the Bobcats. Omen <laughs> for the Bobcats. Let's go, wagons. Yeah,
2: no. The way the way locks have started off this week, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of scared. Did
3: you uh, Did you see how Akron Buffalo ended?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean. I saw how Buffalo was just sitting on its tail for the first like what two quarters.
3: I was on. Oh, you didn't see the final like like the final sequence. The final touchdown. No, the final like the final sequence. All right, so Akron picks off Buffalo, runs it back to the Buffalo like thirty three or ish. The very next play, the running back quarterback fumbled the exchange. Mm -hmm. Give it back to Buffalo. Buffalo drives down fourth down. The back end touchdown. It was mection.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah,
2: I. I uh, at the beginning, I of was that mostly game,
0: watching Serbia Switzerland at the time. To be honest,
2: the beginning of that game, I thought Buffalo was like Akron. Like, I, did they? I was wondering, like, did they clear it with the players that they wanted to play this game to get to a bowl? Because the play that came out, they did not look at all interested to be in that game.
0: Yeah, <sighs> bananas. All right. <clears throat> so we will be back with you Saturday night with all the reaction to everything that's in the books. Ohio State, congratulations, you're back in the game. Ugh, gross ass, two loss Alabama. You might be too. We'll see how things go on Saturday. Now
2: that I've said I'm not going to do the reaction show on Tuesdays if Alabama gets in the playoff, do I want Alabama to get in the playoff?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And also we'll be here on Sunday after the playoff gets announced. So one way or the other, we'll be here. But most of all, I do want to end this on a high note. So congratulations to Kyle Whittingham, a man who I watched on film, continue a recruiting call in the midst of of a fire alarm. (laughs) There was an actual fire alarm going on in a university building. Kyle Whittingham said, nah, fire ain't got shit on me. (laughs) And he sat there with his tray and he continued recruiting. And those are the kind of stones that when you a Pac-12 championship. Two in a row. For the record. Salute to you, Kyle Whittingham. Mm -hmm. Your Utah program is the class of the Pac-12 once again. uh, As you take down USC for the second time in a season. Phenomenal. Phenomenal performance. uh, Especially in the second half. uh, Even if it did come in the midst of a Caleb Williams injury. Woo! so much to get to so much more to unpack here in this conference championship weekend and you can follow him on twitter at tom Fernelli. you can follow him on at bud elliott three you can follow me at chip underscore patterson gentlemen thank
3: you very much thank you